You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Grind Season. This is Anthony Sane. I am unemployed outside of this podcast. Uh, My friend who joins me is Jason Smith of the Jason and John Show, which you can hear every day, Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. on 92.9 ESPN and on the Odyssey app. Preferably the same way that you are listening to this show today. Uh, you can listen to us on the Odyssey app. We are grind season. You can hear us twice a week. Shout out to Odyssey. But if you do have other ways that you'd like to listen to podcasts, guess what? You can hear us there as well. Uh, we are a Memphis Grizzlies podcast from uh, live from the city of Memphis. We record here uh, live remotely from each other. We are not in the same room. Shout out to my boy Jason Smith, a.k.a. Max Hedrum from the last episode. <laughs> The queen of, of technical difficulties from no, my see, last show. This is gonna be the last time that you joke about my Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, the Wi-Fi was disgusting last time. We, we apologize for the glitches. Smooth as silk this time. We will uh, apologize any, any listeners that yeah yeah couldn't appreciate Drew on his efforts editing oh, our last AKA podcast. Teddy Riley, Teddy AKA, Riley he, he was mixing he was mixing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said Max Edgeroom. No, that, that, yeah, that's going to be the last time you joke about my Wi-Fi, saying. Well, I'm depending on you, man. I, I cut on last podcast. Like, yeah, we, I'm just not going to listen to that. I apologize for how that. Hot spot. Yeah, I see you with your, your hotspot, man. So so you're the only person on that hotspot, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Did you do a speed check before you got started? I, I, no, I did not, oh, but okay. I don't think that will be necessary. Okay, well, we rolling there, man. We rolling. T-Mobile right. says we're good. Okay, well, uh, speaking of T-Mobile giving off the sign of approval, giving you the the, the, the green light, one Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, got a possible green light as well. Things are looking good. Uh, if, if you know how to read the tea leaves, it's looking like Jaron Jackson Jr. will be playing very soon, as soon as Tuesday. I don't want to get too far ahead, just setting up the show, letting y'all know we will, of course, talk about that. We also will do uh, uh, Who Brought That Seasoning Today. Uh, there's a weekly segment we do. We'll, we do that usually the first episode of the week. We'll make sure we jump on the who got who brought the seasoning uh, for sure. But we will start the show off today talking about the Grizzlies uh, last two games that they played. The Grizzlies played uh, two games since the last time we talked. That was a home game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was in the building for that game, had uh, Rob Fisher seats. Rob Fisher, of course, is a uh, sideline reporter for the Memphis Grizzlies. I was sitting VIP nice. looking important. Uh, enjoying that that experience. Uh, then they played against they played again Sunday against the Washington Wizards. Took a L. I came in prepared to go on a massive rant today about how I'm not a fan of disrespecting the game and and resting guys when you don't particularly need to rest them. Uh, but but judging by the latest um, uh, 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 not progress report, I got school in my mind. The latest injury report saying that uh, that uh, Desmond Bain is listed as doubtful. I think. Yes. Doubtful. Yeah, with him being listed as doubtful, that means that there probably was a legit injury with Desmond Bain. So my rant will not happen. You guys were about to hear the first Anthony Sane rant here on Grind Season, but you will not hear that today. 
uh, based on updated information. You can only go by what the last thing you heard, Jason. So I'm going to back off of that. So what were your thoughts on the two games? Uh, the, the one win, the one loss uh, that the Grizzlies suffered since the last time. I mean, had since the last time we we talked. Well, we talked about you know Friday night. You were there saying I got a chance to go as well. Wasn't sitting VIP mm-hmm. like you, but got I a chance VIP. to be up close shout and personal. Yeah, shout out to to Brother Fisher, uh, Fish Nation. By the way, no man, it was uh, it was. I thought the statement game that we went into that game last mm-hmm. week saying. Okay, this is probably the way the Grizzlies are looking at this. I mean, j- just just look at afterwards in the post game interview where you got them all in front of you know in front of the cameras dancing and everything else. Ja mm-hmm. Morant, you know, from everything from the from the from the from the arm muscle uh, motions to everything else that Going night. Through the door and, and it, you know. it was it was all about again. We're here to make a statement. You guys went out and got Rudy Gobert this offseason. You're still beneath us. That was the vibe all night long. On a mm. night where, again, they debuted those City Edition jerseys saying they look good in those things, you know. I thought that that was obviously an extra little bit of energy there at the at the beginning of that game. And, no, nah, man, all the way around, you know, I thought Memphis controlled the game for the most part. Desmond Bain put it away in the fourth quarter again. We're getting used to that. The fact that it can either be Ja or Bain in fourth quarters closing teams out. Um, you got a little bit of everything in that game. And, again, it was that statement to Minnesota that, no, nah, we're not going to be the thing that fixes y'all. You know, and after a great right. first half, and there was 21 points, just seven in the second half. It was a lot more of that lack of a pecking order mm-hmm. that, that we talked about from Minnesota. Right. And, and with the Grizzlies, it's the exact opposite. They know who their guys were. So on a night where John Moran had 28, 10, and 8, no look behind the back passes on fast breaks to Brandon Clark, um, the Grizzlies just looked like that team that that on, on, on Friday night when they're whole, and again, this was minus Jaron Jackson, can beat anybody in the league. I know it was Minnesota. But that's a that's a Grizz that's a Grizz team that you see saying that defense still coming around. They're up to number yeah, twenty one. It's yeah. been a slow climb up. And and again, I thought the second half you saw some of that defense. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I take more out of that certainly than I do out of a loss to, to Washington where you don't yeah. have John Bain. What about you? Yeah, man, I think that um, it's kind of one of those situations where you get amped up for a fight. But the other guy doesn't want to fight, or it's just something ain't right, you know. What I mean? <laughs> and then you kind of lose your your well edge. That's how yeah. I felt from the stands. The Grizzlies didn't feel that way because they came out super amped up, like like we said. Ja was talking plenty of shit on the court. He was pointing when 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 Cat got his third foul in the first half. He pointed, go sit down, yep. uh, go take you a seat. He got the crowd into it the whole game, and it really felt like they were like they saw a sitting duck on, on the field on the court. Because man, that that Wolves team I saw Friday. I've seen like highlights of them or like bleep, uh, blooper reels and things like that and shacking the fool of them. But actually watching that team for four quarters, man, that is not the same team that we had a classic battle with in the playoffs. It just mm-hmm. it was not, man. No no leaders, man. They don't know it's, who the leader is. It's not, just, it's not just the leader. Your goons are gone, man. Like they're not tough anymore. Like at least last year they were a team that lacked leadership, but you had a lot of just dirty, like nasty, grimy – hard-nosed guys on the team. You had Jerry Vanderbilt. You had Malik Beasley, who's a hard-nosed guy. The, the brother served some 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 legal time. You know, he's the, the brother they got locked up or something, right? Like when he <laughs> wasn't something going on him, you had him out there. I don't there. remember with Beasley, yeah. Yeah, some kind of legal stuff going on. Uh you had Patrick Beverly, who you know is a is a madman. The picture of him like literally being around KD's waistline down there, <laughs> guarding him is <laughs> epic. I don't know if y'all see that that picture that's around. But you had those three guys on the team last year, and they're just not there anymore. And they're just not the same team, man. Those guys brought an edge. They brought a toughness. And quite frankly, they brought a lot of intimidation 
to this Memphis Grizzlies team last year. There were there were moments last year where we it looked like we weren't ready to answer the bell. If, if you're going to make a Rocky analogy, they kind of had like a, 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 a Clubber Lang type vibe to them, where they kind of they kind of got under the skins and, and kind of you know showed some of our team's deficiencies in certain areas. And, and they also put a put a put a battery in the back of a lot of guys. Uh, McDaniel's that kid didn't look the same. He was talking plenty of shit last year in the playoffs. He was quiet as a church mouse. Uh, Friday night, because you don't have those guys, those enforcers, those hard-nosed guys that they had last year. That Minnesota team is just isn't the same. Like I said, their pecking order is extremely weird, like we talked about on your show and on the podcast last week. If you ha- if if D'Angelo Russell is not the best player on your team, he's still the point guard. He if, if, and, and he should identify. Okay, I'm not the best player on this team, but I'm about to tell y'all who he is. And it's that kid with the, with the uh. You're six foot six, can score over anywhere on the on the court, can dribble, pass, and shoot. Anthony Edwards, he's the best player on this team. It's my job to make the rest of y'all clowns know that he's the best player on this team. And he's not doing it. He probably thinks in his head he's the best player on the team. He's like, I'm an all-star. How many all-star games Anthony Edwards been in? And I guarantee you that type of stuff is going through his head. That team has a clear lack of leadership, clear lack of a pecking order, and we saw it. But I'm excited because I was talking plenty of shit and I felt good watching us beat the hell out of Minnesota Friday night. No, you can, you can be the toughest team in the NBA, but when you've got a guy like D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. you know, scoring four points in that game, going yeah, over four from three, two of eight from the floor. I think he had three turnovers in that game saying they're, mm-hmm. they're, it, it just doesn't seem like there's a game plan. Back to your point for D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell, recognize that, hey, man, th- we need to wrap this thing about Anthony Edwards and, and do it. There, there is none of that. You know, it's right. either D'Angelo Russell uh, trying to get his or trying to figure out what how they can get some flow to that offense. But he sticks out like a sore thumb. And even Man. even last, you talk about last year and how they seem like a different team. You know, he, he, even with him up top, and I think it built still wrong with him in it. He yeah. was better last year, and and yeah. and I just I, I he's like a sixth toe this year for yeah. for them. They they need a point guard. Not that's worried about taking shots on that team. They need a point guard that's getting into Anthony Edwards and feeding it into the post. Like that's his job and to play defense on the other end. That's the kind of guy I feel like that Minnesota team needs now, the way that roster's constructed. And it just, uh, I don't know that there is a fix in the season. Can they be better? Yeah, because I think Anthony Edwards going to settle down eventually and find his flow. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, that's a hot mess right now, that Minnesota team. Yeah, and imagine like we talked about last week. Imagine if that Minnesota team – had traded all those picks away, traded D'Angelo Russell away, D'Angelo Russell away, and they said, okay, Utah, give us Mike Conley and give us um, Donovan Mitchell. And you go Conley, Mitchell, Edwards, and then you go Carrington Town still at the five, or you keep Vanderbilt or whatever you're doing. That team would have been – I'd have been a little worried <laughs> Friday night. Mm-hmm. I was like I said, it was like watching it. It was like watching a dying dog. It was like kicking over a dying dog, man, for real. It was like, you know, putting putting a dead a dying dog to sleep because that team wasn't the same. And like I said, and they came out and they bullied them. The Grizzlies came out and bullied them, but they just weren't the same. But like you said, man, that Sunday game, um, I don't care. I was a little ticked off at first because I was like, man, why are we? I had this whole rant together, like, why are we tanking a possible win? When you know now the best you can be is one and one over these two games, where you could have easily, you know, now you have to fight to be one and one. But no, I mean it's just I get it now, and and I'm not gonna say I'm concerned about Bain, but now I have a different level of interest seeing that he's uh, listed as doubtful for Tuesday's game because I thought this was strictly a bullshit 
like resting thing. They just said, well, he's got a toe thing. But it's clear there's, there's something going on with his toe. No, I mean, here's the thing about Washington, too. It'd be one thing if they were just sitting there at the bottom of the East. They've won. Actually, yeah. won. Four, I think this was five, the fourth yeah. straight win. Mm-hmm. They hadn't lost since they lost to the Grizzlies a few weeks back mm-hmm. in Memphis. I think there are a couple games over 500. Porzingis looked good on Sunday yeah, night. Porzingis looked good as shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that part's fit. And uh, what's the kid? Uh, Denny? Denny Avia. I, yeah, yeah on, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting yeah. to sort of see it from him. Yeah, and again, uh-huh. this ain't a Washington love fest, fit love fest, but at least, again, it, it, it's a competent team this year. And again, you're, you're playing without John Moran and Desmond Bain. So at least, at least it's a little bit more palatable uh, because Washington's mm-hmm. playing some pretty decent basketball. And look, the Grizzlies kept it. I mean, it was a game. Oh, yeah, for it, was a game. We, it, just, it was a stretch. It looked like we were about to bust them open. But, the did, but I think shot 39% just didn't have the firepower saying yeah. to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. But at least that's a, a Washington team that's playing pretty well. But again, um, I, I think the thing you take away from that game is, okay, Bain still listed as doubtful with the toe. We're talking about probably missing a second consecutive game against mm-hmm. the, the Pelicans. And listen, you don't – with Jaron so close saying – you know, it, it all feels like we're trying to push fast forward to get all these guys back. And then for whatever reason, you got one or another that's going to be out. But hopefully for Bain, this will be the toe will be short lived. Like we said, they were dancing, look pretty jovial after the game on Friday night. Yeah. So hopefully it's not some that turf toe he's yeah. dealing with for, you know, for extended weeks. He can get this thing licked. But right. yeah, man, I, I, I wouldn't take too much else out of that Washington loss other than uh, Washington playing pretty well. And without your, you know, without. Without my God, without Ja Bain and and Jaron Jackson, yeah, yeah. Right, we're, I, 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 I think you feel pretty good about where you're at. I ain't mad at all, especially knowing that Bain was legit hurt. I mean, so it's good. You you, Jaron got hurt Friday, just a little minor ankle tweak, so you got a chance to rest him. Uh, hopefully, Bain. I, I'd be shocked that Bain doesn't play uh, tomorrow night, but just to see that that injury does seem to be like a real thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, it makes me even, you know, I'm cool with, with yesterday. I had a rant ready, man, but I see I don't have to use it. Uh, you did say, you know, the Grizzlies do play the Pelicans uh, tomorrow night. National TV game, a rivalry I've been trying to manifest for four years now <laughs> between New Orleans and Memphis, a uh, rivalry that I think should happen. You, they're right down the street. They're one of the closer teams to us uh, geographically. Uh, we all know about the the train ride. A lot of people take from Memphis to New Orleans, which is pretty a pretty dope experience from what I've heard. Uh, they're right down the street. You got Ja versus Zion, two guys that went one and two in the draft, two southern cities, two of your smaller markets. Um, I've been I've been manifesting this thing for a while. And I think I think Tuesday could be one of the games that can really get that going. Um Zion is listed as uh, I think questionable for that game. Mm-hmm. You don't know if, if if Zion's gonna play or not. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play. Um I think that game could be really fun, man. Um, that, that that New Orleans team, McCollum, Ingram, you got JV over there. Uh, Trey Murphy has been off the chain. The guy at the Grizzlies that was slotted, it was picked at the Grizzlies pick. You know the, the draft that uh, the draft day trade we had for Zaire uh, Williams. Um, then of course, uh, this year in the draft, they picked up Dyson Daniels, a kid who I heard the yep. Grizzlies had eyes on, and because of the Lakers being so damn trash last year. That pick went to New Orleans instead of going to us. Um, so you know, it's, there's a lot of a lot of intrigue, a lot of interest in that in that game tomorrow. I'm worried out of my ass. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> the Pelicans are a team that I am truly afraid of uh, over the years. They we have given us uh, a, a lot of hell, a lot of problems uh, over the years. Uh, I think it's gonna be a great game though. Uh, I think I think that J- Jaron just being back on the court, I don't expect a lot from Jaron. Jaron's probably out of shape. 
and he's probably going to be extremely rusty. I'm not really expecting a lot from him. I think he could serve a great job as a decoy. Um, I hope people don't really just kind of judge what we see tomorrow, good or bad, as what he is. I think it's still going to take him a while to come in. But what are your thoughts overall on that uh, on that Pelicans game tomorrow? Well, the you know, the thing that strikes me about the Pelicans is ever since they added C.J. McCollum, you know, they go out and get him. You look at that Minnesota team that doesn't have the professionalism and the leadership, That that's what C.J. McCollum brought to that to that Pelicans, you know, to that organization was the professionalism, the idea that we've got to have a pecking order. And, and, and that's the part that scares you. You know, we talked about which one could be more of a statement game, Pelicans or Minnesota. And I think both of us uh, are, and, and rightfully so, more concerned with the Pelicans and the way that looks as it's stacking up for the future. Going to have a swap, mm-hmm. another swap with the Lakers coming up. So it's 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 yeah. what CJ McCollum's added. I love Willie Green, love what he's done. And again, whether you got Zion or not, that team is it it, it it's not all the way there, but it's further along the Minnesota mm-hmm. in terms of establishing that pecking order. They got everything you need. You know, yeah, at a time man. there was a time yeah. where I doubted, a time where I doubted whether you could play Zion and Brandon Ingram on the floor together. And yet having watched them this season for the for the times that we have, it, it looks like they're trying to get it figured out. I mean, both of yeah. those guys need the ball in their hands, but it looks like there, there there is a way to work it out. I ain't saying they can win a championship with the two of them together, but I like the way it's headed. And again, CJ McCollum, it's that it's it's that kind of professionalism that Minnesota is mm-hmm. lacking. Yeah, and, man. And, and when when they got him, when New Orleans added him, it just it 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 finally got the wheels turning. You know, it mm-hmm. felt like they had been spinning their wheels. The Zion stuff. Who at one point he didn't even look like he wanted to be there. You right. throw C.J. McCollum into the mix. You put in a good coach like Willie Green, and mm-hmm. they've got that thing finally looking formidable. And 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 what you would see is a threat. I mean, looking forward, you know, if, if you're talking about the, the the Grizzlies going forward next four or five years, because you're talking about Jaren's 23, Jaws 23, it's it's teams like the Pelicans, you know, Dallas because of Luka that you figure are going to be the ones over the next four or five years that stand to be your biggest rivals. So uh, I'm with you. We've sort of been waiting on this to materialize. You probably saying you probably got to have a a playoff matchup or something to spice it up to a level, you know, where it was like Clippers Grizzlies was that rivalry for a while. You got, you know Minnesota Memphis because of last year was starting to feel like that. But I think at some point, man, over the next few years, because of the fact Zion and Ja just always for their entire careers going to be tied to each other, that part of it too. Um, this is going to be a rivalry for years to come, and yeah, it's man. the kind of rivalry where I think, unlike with Minnesota. In this one, I think you respect your opponent. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, man. that's where I'm at. This, this thing's coming together. Mm-hmm. Might not happen this season completely, but they're headed down the right track, and that's that's concerning for the Grizzlies. Right. I I, I definitely I definitely agree. That Pelicans team is really built to be really good. We've been the darlings of the NBA, but that Pelicans team, man, they're they're creeping up. And they've been around, you know, a little bit above 500 this year, not being the gangbusters team everybody thought they would be. Uh, so far, but yeah, I'm I I I feel a way about tomorrow because I know we're gonna give maximum effort. So a loss would feel kind of, you know, it'll be kind of humbling if we take a, a nice loss from them. Uh, Trey Murphy, are, I was going to your boy Trey Murphy shooting 39 percent from three. Looking yeah, good. Man. Yeah, yeah, he he's 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 good and he's got nice size. And then Zaire's not playing at all. So you know, you 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 you're looking at that draft day transaction uh, once again. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you guys, again, are listening to Grind Season here on the Odyssey Podcast. Uh, you can listen to us here. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure you listen and subscribe. We thank you guys for being here. Uh, as we move on with the show, uh, moving on to Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, who, uh, speaking of things about tomorrow's game, it will be exciting. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., the latest injury report from the Memphis Grizzlies, said that Jaron Jackson has been listed as questionable. And if you pay attention to the tea leaves, pay attention to the receipts, the history, of the of the injury reports with the Memphis Grizzlies, questionable usually means probable. There's it, it, been very few questionables that haven't actually played, and uh, I'm excited to see it. I think Jaron will play tomorrow. I made my prediction for last week, last Friday. Uh, that didn't happen, but here we are, one game removed, and Jaron Jackson Jr. looks to be making his debut. I'm excited about it. That's why I was ready to go on my rant too, man, when this podcast started. Because if we had won that game yesterday, we would have been the number one seed in the West, regardless of what all the uh, the skeptics, the naysayers, local and national, have said about the Memphis Grizzlies and what they would have been uh, because Jaron Jackson's not here. If we could have went into that game tomorrow, tops in the West, the shit I would have talked here on these airways. Shout out to whatever that was. But, yeah. The this, this shit I would have talked if we had of um when it, it had the number one seed. That's why I was ready to shit on the whole resting guys thing, but we but uh, it's validated, so I'm cool. But Jaron Jackson Jr. returns. The Grizzlies are currently fifth in the West, maybe like a game out of first place or something like that. It's real jumbled at the top. I think they played exceptionally well. And now you get the block Panther back, trip, trippy, trippy 13, triple J, whatever you want to call him. He's coming back tomorrow. Uh, first team, all defensive player last year, guy who I thought should have been a defensive player of the year. I think his foul trouble and uh, and basically was the only reason why he did not get that because of lack of actual time on the court. But he is back tomorrow. What are your thoughts? Uh, uh, what do you expect to see? Minutes restriction? You think he, you know, what, what do you think you'll see tomorrow? My guess is minutes restriction, saying mm-hmm. probably like, you know, like we've seen, whether that's 25 minutes, whatever it is, there'll be that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jaron's going to be like a, you know, like a like a like a baby horse, man, just trying oh. to run. You know, because you've had you it's we've seen him dancing in the in the pregame intros and yeah. everything else. Like he's been itching to be out there, probably has felt at least felt in his mind healthy enough mm-hmm. to go for a while now. So I imagine you're probably looking at a situation where you're probably gonna try to do too much right. early on. Or well, at I'll least- say this. I'll say this, hate to interrupt you, but go ahead. You said a 25 minutes injury restriction. Shit, that's that's a good time for Jack, for because that foul trouble, man. That, that's around his average, really. If you look at Jared's numbers, so if we can get twenty five minutes out of him, I would I would love to see it, man. Well, I, listen, I, every game with the Pelicans is important. It's the first of four matchups with him. Again, it's as much a statement as it is with New Orleans. So you know, the idea that you roll him out there just playing 15, 20 minutes as healthy as he's looked, I, I think that goes again. You know, Jaron's itching to go. He's a young guy. Uh, doctors have obviously given him the clearance to go on five on five. You know, if you're playing in 15, 20, 
Are you trying to win the game? And I think unlike with Washington, this is a situation, Western Conference game, you want to get as many of these as possible, especially on the road. So I, I hope he's a, I'm hopeful he's able to go at least 25 and stay out of foul trouble. Probably you're right, Saint. You know, that's been one of Jaron's hangups for, for a lot of his career. Did a little bit better with it last year in a year where he played 78. I think it was 78 games last year. Ends up leading the league. You mentioned it uh, in blocks per game at 2.3. You know, you're you're adding him. Uh, I touched on earlier to a defense that's slowly but surely yeah, going man. from dead last in the NBA to 21st. Taylor's finally got him playing with the sort of effort level they have to. Now you put your anchor back in. Sure, there's initially going to be some adjustments uh, mm-hmm. having Jaron back, but frankly, it's going to make everybody else's job easier. And that and that's not just you know Jaron is such a guy that you can you know whether it's on switches whatever else he's out on the perimeter defending. He's down low. I mean, he's just going to be such an energizer on that defensive end for a team that's, you know, improving there by the game. So I'm excited to see, you know, what he's going to look like in terms of uh, the bounce level. Uh, but I have, I do expect us to see some rust and this probably see a guy maybe try to do a little bit too much early on. Right. Maybe it's with the three pointer. Uh, maybe it's offensive fouls, but it's just going to be good to have Jaron back. He was an anchor yeah. for them last year. One of the key reasons why they were so good defensively. And something else you brought up a key point and you sparked a good, point in my mind as well the defense has been getting better without him and Slowly. that's not just because guys are that that's, that's just because guys are playing better or just you know playing more discipline your younger guys who are in your rotation are getting used to those minutes you know even if even if you're calling Santi a younger guy he's you know this is his first time starting he's getting more reps he's 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 the game is slowing down for him Roddy the game is slowing down for him Laravia slowing down for him those guys are are getting key minutes and their defense is just getting better. Guy, and Josh playing better defense than he's ever played in his career. The defensive end definitely will be better because of Jaron. But mm-hmm. something to think about, that's not the only thing that's changed since the last time Jaron has played. The last time Jaron played, people were like, okay, is Jaron the number two scoring option? And he was kind of feeling like he had to be that guy on the court. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, it's clear that there's Jabba Rant. And Desmond Bain is your clear, without a doubt, number two scoring option. Jaron does not have to be that guy at all. That's true. And I, and I think that level of comfort coming in, not having to even worry about scoring that much, Jaron just got just to be free, be that super defensive anchor we expect him to be, knock down those three-point shots when we need him to, get to the basket, draw some fouls. He's one, he's one of the better players in the league as far as uh, uh, scoring off the dribble, which is a strange number. But at one time, he was one of the better players and some odd statistic about him and getting to the basket off of ISO. Like I said, Jaron, but I think just the pressure that he knows he doesn't have to be, because for, forever it's been John Jaron, John Jaron. Why can't, will, will Jaron be able to score enough? Will, will, will Jaron be able to do this? With Desmond Bain being the player, the all-star level player that Desmond Bain has been this year, Jaron, that pressure can be, can be off of him. I hope he comes out free, and comfortable tomorrow. I'm really expecting to see a shit show, just to be honest with you. I think Jared's going to look pretty bad tomorrow, just be, just all things considered. But I hope that over time we can see him settle in and just kind of be uh, that ultimate kind of trump card, especially defensively for this team. Do you think that's something he welcomes and embraces, Jaron yeah. being being a third-scoring option yeah. behind the bang with the step up that Bane's taking? Yeah. I, I remember Josh's rookie year, Jaron was the leading scorer on the team for the majority of that season. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't remember that. Jaron was our leading scorer in 2019 for the majority of the season until Josh just really turned up. I don't think Jaron – Jaron was a guy who was strictly nothing but a defensive player in college that could knock down threes on occasion. 
learning actual like post moves and offense, that's something that he's is learning on the fly in the NBA in, in a career that's been riddled by injury. So I think that if that pressure of, of Desmond Bain being your clear number two, and then from Jaron, if you're asking for maybe 12 to 15 points a game as opposed to 15 to 19, I think that can take a lot of pressure off of him, man. I, I just hope that the game continues to slow down for him. Uh, uh, he's getting into his adult body. I just hope he can be more disciplined as far as like being not being as handsy. Uh, and the bad fouls, man, the offensive fouls, the reach-in fouls, those type of things. If, if he gives me six fouls protecting the basket at the rim, I can deal with those. But I just hope that over time, this season, we see him mature and just really be that true defensive anchor for this team. What, what about Jaron, the shooter, saying la- last couple of years, you know this, it was 32% mm-hmm. last year, 28% that, that, you know, in an injury short year, very small sample size. He's had the one year, it was year two, we well, was looking shot, historically good. Thirty-nine percent. Uh-huh. Is is he that, it, or it, it, or is he, you know, is he a high, is he a high volume, low thirty shooter? Like where, where does that eventually settle in his three, his three point shooting? Because it's I such understand. a part of his game. What, what's he going to end up being? Because I, I, I'll be honest with you, I another 32 percent for me. That's, you know, that that's not good enough. Right. I honestly think he's closer to being the guy we saw in year two, that 39% shooter. Um, he has a horrible form. We, we, we're aware of that. There's nothing about his form that you would want him to repeat. Um, but I think that Jaron – I just hope that's not an outlier saying. Yeah, well, it could, it could years, be. We're hoping to get Bell back to year two in that 39, and right. he's steady out there jacking shots. That's another thing, too. At one time, it, if you look at the 2020 season, the year we went, the first year we went to the playoffs, we were coming in anticipating Jaron being our best shooter on the team. That's mm-hmm. another role and responsibility. It may not, but he doesn't, it's not his. It's clearly Desmond Bain is one of the better shooters in the entire NBA. So I think that, I think that when those responsibilities fall off of you, plus he might get even, he's probably going to get much better looks this year than he got in of the course. past. Now that, yeah. yes, yes. Um, I, I'm banking on, if I were to be a betting man, I would bet that Jaron finishes somewhere between 34 and a half, 37 and a half percent this year, somewhere like that. I don't, I don't think he gets back to that second year, but I think you will see a, a, a increase in his three point percentage compared to last year. Cause here's, here's another example by just by example, like this year, like if you ask yourself the question, like is Santi Aldama shooting the ball? Well, you say, yeah, he's shooting the ball. Fine. He's shooting the ball worse than Jaron shot the ball last year. Mm. But but the perception of it is that Santi's shooting the ball pretty good. I think I think that you'll see Jaron um I think you'll see him come back. I I'm I'm confident that he'll shoot the ball much better this year. I think it'll be less volume of course, which isn't clearly in the bad thing cuz we all get frustrated with the amount of threes that, take, that Jaron takes. But I think that you'll see him take less and but he'll he'll make them at a better percentage. I, I want to see more of of a development in Jaron's game. You just touched mm-hmm. on like going to the basket. There's yeah, something when he is under control. There's something there. It's that little spin move he does from the left side. Oh, let, let me tell you what should also be unguardable. Yeah. Saying to your point, the pick and roll with him and Ja. Yeah, like they don't finally do getting the two man game yeah, that we can. Both of those guys have the skill to do. Got to get them on the court at the same time. Whether it's been injured, whatever else. But through these what the last three years, it's been can you get that pick and roll that two man game that feels like it could be so unstoppable, saying 
that yeah. that that part of his game, you know, whether it's yeah. pick and pop because he's got that ability, or him rolling to the basket, which Stephen Adams really can't mm -hmm. do. You know, he brings that athleticism. Right. I want to see that part of Jaron Jackson's offensive yeah. game develop. Of course, I want to see him shoot the ball well, but I don't want to see him spend so much time back there that they aren't developing what should be a, a monster pick and two man game with him and Ja, and then seeing him take that ball to the basket more often. I just think there it's a strength of his that is underutilized. Yes. Yeah. They don't do yeah. it enough at all. Um, Jaron gets a lot of moving screen calls in there too. He's got to put in the work, man. Yeah. And um, and that's another unfortunate thing about him being hurt during the offseason. Setback. Right. Yeah. I, I would have loved to have seen him and him and Jaron, him and Josh just disappear and have a tied a, up. A, just like honeymoon, like we're <laughs> like we're like we're gone away from the world, shut it down, leave the games, yeah. leave the phone at home. In the dark. The the two of them. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the dark for sure. Just the two of them. Like, you know, cue the the song, just the two of us, whatever. Like, I would love to see that happen this summer, but instead, Jeremy's rehabbing. Um, like I said, man, I, that's fine. Uh, I would love to see him expand this game offensively for sure. Um, I'm just glad to see him back, man, for sure. No if, doubt. If nothing else, I, I, no I, doubt. I, I'm, I'm confident everything else is going to work itself out. Um, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, again, you guys are listening to Grind Season here with Anthony Sane and Jason Smith here on the Odyssey Network. Make sure you guys subscribe hit that button so every time we drop a new set of podcasts you guys will be in the mix to check that out it's the most fun part of the show to me uh jason where we wrap this thing up and we call it who brought the seasoning since the last time we spoke i'm going to hand it over to you first uh i want to know who you thought who brought the last who brought the season since the last time we talked um we had two games of course at home against the minnesota timberwolves and on the road in a loss against the Washington Wizards. Uh, you make it easy for me going first. Uh, listen, I, I I was I went I went off the off the beaten path last week. gave it gave the good salt, the good stuff that spring to to John Conchar the job he's done. I'm mm -hmm. gonna go a, a little bit more obvious and give it to the man that was you know had the energy in the building on Friday night. He didn't play Sunday, but John ja Morant. I went down to Belize recently. My wife wanted some mm -hmm. hot sauce. They call it the Belizean heat is what I got her. And John Moran was bringing the heat on Friday with the 28, 10 and eight, <laughs> but just the energy. You mentioned the is talking he was doing the point that Carl Anthony towns like John literally showed Minnesota who the alpha dog is, whether, whether it was with his player, with his mouth and he brought the heat, he brought the seasoning. So I'm going to, he's my Belizean heat. He's what I brought back from Belize <laughs> uh, for that game against Minnesota, man, on a night where, uh, you know, you had the, you had the city edition jerseys. Uh, everybody mm -hmm. was looking good, but also playing good. So give me, I'm, I'm giving uh, 
John Morant brought the season. He's brought it up. What are we talking? He's brought it all year long, man. We could give it to him each week. Now I'm gonna tell you the person I'm excited about this season. Um, yeah, but what's what's this is this is what I'm gonna call this one today, man. This is that garlic powder is what he's was, what he's been. He's that seasoning that you know is you know it's in the shelf, but you just kind of pull it out kind of when you need it. Which is which, you know, but just leave it on the shelf though. We don't need exactly right now. It just I know where it's at when I need you. Okay. And that seasoning, when we just got done talking about Jaron Jackson Jr., the person I'm about to talk about who deserves it, who brought that seasoning, is because he's about to go back to that bitch. I'm gonna be excited to pull that garlic powder out called Santi Aldama. That's who brought the season for me this week in the two games that he played this week. You know I'm not a stats guy, I'm a real eye testing. Uh, son of a gun over here. I don't really care nothing about the numbers, but I'm going to give you the numbers. In the last two games against Minnesota, the man gave you 12 points, seven rebounds, 50% from three. He was one or two from three in that game. Game against, uh, game against uh, Washington. Didn't want to take him off the court. He had 15 points, three or four from three, seven rebounds again. Santiago Aldama been really been bringing the season all season long, but I'm, I'm glad he's a shelf season now. I can reach I can reach in the back of the cabinet because I know that fire garlic powder back there that I can put on anything. Santi hooping this year, man. I give him props. Slim Spain hooping. I got to give it to him, man. To have a guy like that, a, a true seven-footer. I was watching the Washington Wizards broadcast on my bootleg-ass stream last night. And I came, I don't know who the commentator was for Washington. I, I was watching the Washington stream. I, beggars could not be choosing. When you're watching free bootleg streams, Jason, you got to listen to whatever commentator comes up on your screen. Uh -huh. So I'm watching the game last night. The commentator was like, I had to walk up on this Santa kid because I saw seven foot on my paper. I had to see, is he a real seven footer? And then he said to his, to his co-host, he a footer, man. He's a footer. Because I guess it's somebody big. I don't know who the, who the commentator is. But he he uh he said, yeah, he said, yeah, Santa's a footer. And he, and he was... They were praising Santi Aldama last all, all game last night on the on the uh, commentary team, and uh, props to Santi, man. Like I said, I yeah. thought he was a wasted pick. I thought he was a guy that was just a bum. He has really cranked his game up, and I cannot wait to see him coming off the bench and being a matchup, a seven foot versatile power forward that can knock down the three when you need him to, can get to the basket, he can defend a little bit, he can rim protect. I'm super excited about Slim Spain, and he gets my season this week. Yeah, he just to your point, he just makes your bench stronger now. Yeah, he makes you your know, bench that much stronger. The good oh garlic God. powder. He's the garlic powder, man. Now you bring the garlic powder off, and now he's you know he's catching reverse lobs and doing all oh, that. Off the bench. Yeah, you know that that Grizz bench was one of the strengths of this team last year, yeah. and you could see it again while the time this thing settles down with guys being back. That being the case again this season, I, I'm with you on that one, man. Santi brought it. Oh yeah, for sure, man. But like I said, Santi, I love you, but I'm glad your ass want to come off the bench because Big Thirteen. The Black Panther is back. Trip Move is over. back. Scoot over, son. We proud of you. We love you, man. We love you. But uh, it's, I'm glad to see Jaron back. Um, first team I, all D, baby. First team all defense. Jaron is back. He's no longer being the dance coordinator uh, for the pregame stuff. He gets to actually be a part of the, of, of the uh, festivities. Are, are we calling a win or a loss tomorrow? What are we doing? Uh, I, or are we just going to leave it alone? Wrap it up. You caught me on the spot. I'm going to go uh, – Without Bain, going to be tough since he's listed mm -hmm. as doubtful. Uh, Jaron probably got quite a bit of rust. Going to be mm -hmm. tough, too, because I imagine saying, much like the, the Grizzlies were looking at Minnesota as a statement game, that's how the Pelicans going to be yeah. looking at this home game. Not trying to get embarrassed mm -hmm. on TNT on national television. Right. By the Grizzlies. So I, I think this one's going to be tough. I probably I probably lean Pelicans. And I, I think I'm kind of leaning Pelicans, too, only because only if two things happen. If Desmond Bain does not play, 
Mm-hmm. That's going to be a factor. And I also believe that the Grizzlies are probably more concerned about getting Jaron up to speed more so than that, like winning this game. No, I, think right. they, I think they may let Jaron just be out there looking terrible, you know, if, if, if that helps them because we're all about development. So I think if I think if they kind of let Jaron work through his kinks, um, he's more comfortable too on Friday to your point yeah, back exactly. home against OK. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if they make it one of those type of situations where they kind of let him let him foul out, maybe if he gets to foul, you just go ahead and foul out, man. Whatever, get 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 off your chest. It could be kind of scary. But um, but yeah, man. Um, I I know it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a fun game. I'll be locked in. Uh, got a uh, bad news for you. I won't be going to Taekwondo tomorrow. Our kids, of course, go to Taekwondo together. I won't be there. I'll be at home watching the games. <laughs> Tigers and Grizzlies. On <laughs> somebody got to do it. Saying somebody got to work. I, I watch. <laughs> I got to hold it down for the kids, man. Yeah. I sure. watch the kids trying to break the boards with the with the oh, sidekick, bro. While you oh, while you man. get in the sidekick is kicking us in the ass, too, man. <laughs> This it's sidekick like, emotional as hell trying oh, to get to that kick emotional as shit. <laughs> I'm over here, man. That's <laughs> a real. I'm feeling bad for my kid over here. Like, oh shit, man. <laughs> the sidekick feels like cool and unusual punishment just to kick a board. Yeah, we got we got they got much work to do. Uh, yeah, man. we need somebody on it, saying so. We appreciate you. We appreciate your efforts, brother. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Well, that's been another episode of Grind Season. Everyone, make sure you check us out. Uh, however, you're listening to us, keep doing that. And make sure you're subscribed so you can see it. We can get some credit out here, man. Brother, trying to stay employed. And if you got a business, want to throw some money at us. We love your support as far as the sponsors will. Bring it on. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Like I said, I'm unemployed. For Jason Smith, who's an actual radio host, uh, we appreciate y'all. We'll see how next time on Grind Season.